Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast. We watch a different horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hello. Man, we really flipped, huh? What do you mean? Right before this, you were real, real up and chipper, and now you're you're all down in the dumps. It seems. No, oh, yeah, I'm just tired. Are you? Yeah. No, oh, that sucks. I've been up since like 10 a.m. yesterday. Wow. <laughs> Nothing new. <laughs> Nothing new. Still Same sucks. shit, different day. It's not like a normal thing. It's normal for me, but it's not like normal great. for human beings. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you guys know the deal. I'd hope because you've been here for. Eight episodes, and this is episode nine. What does that mean we're watching, Bob? Friday the 13th, part nine. No. Oh. We're in fact watching Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. That's what this one's called? That is what this one's called. Not part nine. Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. What? How? In fact, it's Jason Goes to Hell, colon, the final Friday. How it? Is this because of the dumb shit that happened at the end of 8 and they didn't know what to do? No. Uh, in fact, if you're wondering about the dumb shit that happened at the end of 8, their re- response to that is, eh, just ignore it. None oh. of that happened. Oh, great. Wait, does that mean eight's non-canon? No, I think it's still canon. It's Ugh. just no one cares about it. Okay, I'm fine with that. I hated that movie. That's fair. I think most people do. It was so disappointing. It was the worst performing of any of the Friday films. Well, because seven was so okay. Like, seven had its moments. And eight was just like, what? This is a garbage fire. Yeah. It was no five. No five that you didn't like. Five was really bad. Man. You know, I look, you know what? I'm cool with this. Jason in a new environment, a la hell. Sure. He went to Manhattan. Now we're going to hell. Do you, do you think he's going to be in hell the whole movie, Bob? He's going to be hell in hell for some of it. Uh... It's called Jason Goes to Hell. So, um... <laughs> oh, my God. Why do they keep doing this? They call the last one Jason Takes Manhattan. Well, no, you, you forgot the whole name. It's Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. This is the end of the series. It's not. Like, he goes to hell, as in he's getting the boot, because it's the last one. I was kind of excited. I now I have why. no steam. You interpreted that in the most literal way possible. Yeah, it's called Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> He's not going to hell. Why not? I was th- hoping for like a God of War situation like Kratos. He gets sent to hell and has to climb his way back up because that's kind of awesome. That'd be too cool for the ninth movie in this franchise. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. All right. Uh, you ready to talk about it, though? I guess. All right. Comes out in 1993. Wow. Is this our first one in the 90s? Uh, I believe so, because the last one was 1989. Holy shit, that's crazy. Maybe they'll actually catch up with their timeline. Mm. They're not yet. Nope. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) No. All right, uh, description. Can you believe it's finally over? It's not over. Again? It's not over. (laughs) Well, actually. It's over again. No, because Jason Jason X is, is Jason. So it's no like weird because like twelve is the remake, so that's like a different timeline probably more than likely. Eleven is something. Okay, so I think we've talked about this before, but the the Friday timeline is not as succinct as other franchises. No, but yeah, no, it's it's over. Maybe Again. this will actually be the last one. All right, it's an hour and twenty seven minutes long. Oh, it's actually kind of short. This is the last one. There's no movies after this. It's finally <laughs> over. I don't believe you. Again. All right, review scores. 
IMDb gave it a 4.1 out of 10. Meh. Tomato meter, 16%. Oh! Audience score, 24%. Okay, man. Man. It actually has a lower audience score than Jason Takes Manhattan. That's crazy to me. <laughs> There's no way I hate this movie as and much as I hated that one. A lower IMDb score. I believe it does have a higher tomato meter, though. Yes, it does. It's higher by 5%. There's no way this movie is going to disappoint me as much as Jason Takes Manhattan. There's no way. Bob, you have a tendency of speaking very, very early on in our reviews of these films. Because I feel like every time we hit the bottom, the floor falls out from under me somehow. And just getting really, really cocky and confident about things that you have no, like, basis of? Yeah. You're just like, yeah! Yeah. There's no way. This no is way. the bottom. There's no way it could get worse. It's like I'm down there on the bottom of the seafloor, like, scraping up dust. Yeah, but see, what you don't understand is it's like, a semi-permeable layer, and you can actually dive beneath it uh, because there's a temperature gap. I don't want to. And then to. once you dive beneath that fake bottom, you open up into this wholly undiscovered world with giant sharks and squids. Hmm. Okay. That sounds horrible. Man, are we there yet? No. Because, oh, <laughs> fuck. It can't get much worse. All right. The movie has zero wins. <laughs> But it does have five nominations for awards, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Are they all for, like, worst movie of the year? Um, no, some of them f- were for actors and stuff. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, they were nominations, though, so they didn't win. But I mean, it's still nice. It's better than just, like, DVD feature. Yeah. Uh, notable actors. John D. LeMay as Stephen Freeman, played Ryan Dalion from Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, he was on 54 episodes from 1987 to 1989. I did not know that existed. What, Friday the 13th, the series? No. Completely unrelated. Oh. Yeah. That's why I didn't know. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> you going to bait me like that with the first one? I'm not baiting you. That's, yes, you are. It's an actual TV show that was on for a while. I mean, I think it might have been vaguely associated, but it didn't have Jason in it or anything. I think the premise was these guys own a um like an antique shop and they buy like cursed items from people. Okay. That's actually that's an okay premise. Carrie Keegan as Jessica Kimball. She played Jill Reeves in Mind Games. Stephen Williams as Creighton Duke. Uh, he played Trooper Mount in the Blues Brothers. Or uh people might know him here on this show as Leroy Hanlon in It. He's the grandfather. In oh. the, the twenty seventeen It. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Have okay. you seen that movie? Yes, I've seen both. You of know them. the grandpa with the bolt gun? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Stephen Cope as Robert Campbell. Uh, he played Robert F. Kennedy in Thirteen Days. Aaron Gray as Diana Kimball. She played Colonel Wilma Deering in Buck Rogers and the Twenty Fifth Century, the movie. Uh, Rusty Schwimmer as Joey B. He played Irene Big Red Johnson in The Perfect Storm. Richard Gant as Coroner. Played Preacher. In Norbit, bad movie, but I figured you'd know him. No, I don't actually know that. You've never seen Norbit? Mm-mm. It's a Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's Eddie Murphy. Is it Eddie Murphy? I don't know. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. He very sp- specifically plays a bunch of characters in that film. Mm. In the very Eddie Murphy style where he makes a movie and it's just every character? He's not every character. He's a lot of the characters in some of his films. 
He is maybe a couple characters in that film. Maybe a couple. Okay. He's uh, Norbit, Rasputa, and Mr. Wong. I don't think he should... Oh, never mind. <laughs> I assume that's from... When is that movie from? Uh, 2007. Wow, that's a lot later than I thought it would be. Uh, let's just say it may have some similar issues to uh, white girls. Yep. And that, call it a day. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I'm not going to touch it. You can touch it if you want. Leslie Jordan as Shelby. They played Mr. Blackley in The Help. Billy Greenbush as Sheriff Landis. Played Jay Brown in Critters. Oh, I want to watch that. Kip Marcus as Randy. Played Ward Kip Cleaver from the new Leave it to Beaver. Uh, he was on 100 episodes from 1984 to 1989. Andrew Block as Josh. They played Captain Dan Holland and Hard to Kill. And then Allison Smith as Vicky. Played Jenny Lowell from Caden Alley. They were on 115 episodes between 1984 and 1989. Okay. Uh, directors Adam Marcus. Uh, he's also directed Conspiracy. And then the writers... Adam Marcus has a story by credit. He also helped write the uh, Texas Chainsaw, uh, the 2013 movie. Oh, okay. Other people on here are Dean Laurie. He has a screenplay credit on this movie. He's worked on Harley Quinn. Like the animated show? Mm-hmm. That's cool. He's been on like 34 episodes for like developed by and written credits. I think he's also a producer on that show. That's pretty rad. Uh, and then the other one's Jay Hughley. He also wrote Tales of the Gold Monkey. Uh, he wrote two episodes of that, 1983. Uh, and he has a story by and a screenplay credit. Budget's estimated at $3 million, with a box office of $15.9 I mean, th- they gave it a good amount of money compared to the other films, except for the last one, at 3 Because the other one's around 2 Made 15 It's not horrible. I think it's the second worst turnout so far. Yeah. I mean, but the other one's, you know. It's still better than the last one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, at least it, they recovered a little bit. They made five times their fucking budget, dude. I mean, yeah, it does help when you spend less money on the film. I mean, sure. And make more than the last one. Uh, country of Origin, United States. It's apparently the original script title was Friday the 13th, Part 9, The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees. That's actually kind of cool. I don't hate it. They didn't use that, though. Obviously. Obviously. All right. Tagline. Evil has finally found a home. Okay. Get it? In hell? Yeah. He's not going to stay there. That's where this movie's set, obviously. Obviously. That's what Bob thought. (laughs) Why wouldn't it be? (laughs) Because it's it's an expression, Bob. Ugh. Which is implied by the final Friday part, because this is going to be the last movie in the series. There's no way they're going to somehow drag his ass to hell. This is the last movie in the series, Bob. No movies came after that. The last three movies are just fake. (laughs) I've been lying to you the whole time. Jason X isn't real. (laughs) Jason X isn't real. All right. Before we get into the movie, I think it's important we discuss a couple things, just so you kind of know them going in. Okay. First of all, as you know, Part 8 isn't great. Part 8 is not great. In fact, it could be thought of as so bad that Paramount sold the rights to Jason, to New Line Cinema. Uh, and so that's who made this film. Oh, man. I did not know that. So Holy shit. Different company. So we've we've exited the Paramount age, and we are now in 
New Line Cinema age. I had no idea that that happened. Holy fuck. Now, what is important to note about this, uh, besides, you know, the change in ownership, which is going to affect some, like, things tonally and stuff like that, is most importantly, when <laughs> when they sold it over, they sold Jason. They did not sell the rights to things like Friday the 13th or Tommy Jarvis. So the reason this isn't called Friday the 13th Part 9 is because New Line Cinema didn't own the rights to the Friday the 13th name. They just owned the rights to Jason. That's dumb. And so what you'll notice is for basically all the films going forward, they are the Jason films. So that's why this one's Jason Goes to Hell. The next one's it's Jason X. Jason X. Freddy versus Jason. Oh, my God. They did eventually get the rights to, like, names. Uh, the last film is a Friday the 13th film, but... I I don't know if, how that affects my expectations at all. Well, it's so that's that's just a naming thing, right? But they also don't own, like, other things invented in the Friday franchise because they just own the Jason stuff. So huh. they don't own, like, Tommy Jarvis and stuff like that mm. or any, like, legacy characters. Oh. So they can't show up. Do, do we at least get, like, the harpoon gun? Is that legacy? Can that return, please? Well, that's not owned by Paramount. I, I don't know. They don't own harpoon guns, Bob. They might. That's not how this works. Kind of going with a trend here, but this film was originally intended to be a Freddy versus Jason film. Oh. As okay. was the last one. Basically, yeah. they've been wanting to do it for a while, but you know it's kind of closer than ever now. Yeah, it's since true. the rights have switched hands. But the plan to do like a Freddy versus Jason was kind of put on hold. Because right around when this movie was starting to go in the works, a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie was, like, announced. Mm. Basically, they didn't think it was right the right time to, like, do a crossover. Mm -hmm. And so instead they were like, let's make a movie to uh, keep the property alive, the, you know, Jason property. And also, like, have a better setup for whenever we do a Freddy vs. Jason film that isn't just New York. Yeah. No, that, that's uh, let's not start a Freddy vs. Jason film with little boy Jason in, in the, the sewers. sewers. And then last but not least, this is the feature-length directorial debut of the director. So they oh. gave the film to a first-time director. That's kind of maniac behavior, but okay. It is It is very much maniac behavior um, because, like, you know, this is late in the series, but this is the first time for New Line Cinemas to have this property. Yeah. And you want to go out of the gate strong. Yeah, you have to start strong. And they gave it to an untested director. From what I could find, part of the reason for that is that Cunningham brought him on because he's back on board. Oh, uh, that's... I don't remember who he is. He's the original director. Yeah, that's the director from the first film. That's cool. And from what I could tell, there's two reasons for that. A, Marcus, I think, helped write a script that Cunningham then sold at one point. Um, but also, from what I found, I think Marcus was like childhood friends with Cunningham's son. Mm-hmm. Nepotism. So they were just like, yeah. That makes me other. less excited. Uh, <laughs> I think that's all I got to discuss with you now. That's how this podcast started. Pure nepotism. What? Yeah. Sure. We were friends, and we were like, let's make a podcast. No, I think we were friends, and you were like, I have podcast equipment. You should start a <laughs> podcast with me. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. And here we are. If you want. Almost 100 episodes later. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go watch the movie. Okay, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching 
Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday? Yep. Okay. I just wanted to call it Friday the 13th Part 9. Nope. But that's not what it's called. You can't call it that for legal reasons. Call it whatever I want. For legal reasons. <laughs> I think you're not going to sue me. For legal reasons. <laughs> just either call it Jason Goes to Hell or The Final Friday. Whichever one annoys you less. They both suck. <laughs> just like this movie. Yeah, so Bob didn't like it, if you couldn't tell. Uh, okay, hold on. That's I think that's in... A simplification. Simplification of how I feel about this film. Because there are some moments where I I had a change of heart. But what then is, there were other moments where I yeah. wanted to blow my brains out. All right. So, um, look, I, I'm going to give you a brief description real quick. And then we'll actually talk about the movie. Um, but before I can do either of those, I'm just going to give a straight up spoiler warning here. Because to talk about this film in any way, we basically have to spoil the whole film. Yeah. So there's not going to be like a spoiler section on this episode. It the whole the whole episode from this point on is the the spoiler section. So if you if you want to watch this movie without spoilers, you you just have to go watch it now. So sorry, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give that little description. So how this film starts off is kind of in the most stereotypical Friday the Thirteenth way possible with a lady getting naked. <laughs> yeah. And then Jason appears. He's he sensed it. And um so she starts running away from him in her magical bath towel that doesn't fall off, even as she slides over cars and stumbles through the woods. Yep. And she makes it to a clearing and Jason's right behind her, and then a bunch of floodlights come on out of nowhere because apparently they were perfectly disguised the whole time. And like forty billion FBI agents pour out of the trees and just start blasting Jason, and then they blow him up with a cruise missile. Yep. And so Jason's dead in the first, I don't know, five minutes? That cold opens long as balls. Yes. But Jason's only on screen for probably less than two or three minutes. Yeah, then he and then dies. He, then he dies. And Jason's dead for, like, basically the rest of the movie. Because in this movie, they made the, I'm going to use the word, brave choice to have Jason just be dudes yeah. that are being possessed by the spirit of Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very, very interesting choice. Yeah. And um, the whole plot here is that not Jason is trying to hunt down one of his relatives because, surprise, Jason actually had a half-sister. Is it half-sister? I assumed it was full sister. Or full sister. They just say sister. Jason had a sister. Yeah. And possess the sister or the sister's kids, or bodies, the sister's kids' kids, uh, so that he can be reborn back into his actual body. Yeah, because like these mortal coils cannot with- withstand him, and it's up to Stephen to stop him. That that's the plot. If we don't sound super excited about it, it's because it was it was something. But I I made this point now that we've discussed what this movie's about, and look. It has some um, some good moments. It has some really bad moments. The good moments in this film, and we'll just say it right now because it's very simple, the gore. There's so much. That's basically it. Because it it's less about Jason being a sneaky man because he's just body hopping so he doesn't give a fuck. He just, like, mercs so many fucking people. And not all of the deaths are super creative, but they're all bloody and gross and fun. 
basically the best way to understand it is you actually get to see the deaths this time because they weren't super cut off. Yeah. Basically, you get to see what would have been on the special features, but just actually in the movie. Yeah, and it's great. Which is kind of nice. Less hoops to jump through for once. <sighs> yeah. But aside from that, because, like, look, the obvious issue with this film is basically Jason's not in it. Yeah. I mean, like we said, he's on screen for, like, two minutes at the beginning of the film. Then he's dead. And then we don't see him again until the very, like, climax of the film. Yeah. And not to give too much away, but I think he's on screen less than he was in the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of rough there. Yeah. I, I really don't care about possessed Jason. No. You don't really give a shit, right? Because it's just like... It's just basically a, a super strong zombie dude. Yeah. Who's unkillable, basically. Yeah. It's kind of whatever. And that's just kind of my thoughts on the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I said this to Ben during the film, and it's something that I'll say again now. This could have been a very cool Friday the 13th film if they had just... You only say that because of the gore. Yes, I do, actually. You're right about that, to be honest. And, like, I, I, again, I think it's one of those things where, like, I don't think you should give the film so much positives because of that one thing because that's something where you haven't been able to see in other films what the gore was supposed to be like and therefore to say this one's like so much better because of it feels kind of cheap i mean i'm just because it was good don't get me wrong but like it's not like the other film's fault they were cut more than this one this one kind of just lucked out it's not but i haven't seen the other films with that stuff in them so i don't have like that's, basis. that's fair, but you're kind of going like, this could have been great. I, I don't I don't I don't think so. You really don't think so? No. Even if they had just like not killed Jason in the first like ten minutes. It would have been a completely different film. It just would have been a just different film. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I it, just it wouldn't have been this film but something different. No, it just would have been a different film entirely. Because at the end of the day, this really isn't a, a Jason film. It's a No. A mystical, magical body hopping hoodoo bullshit film yeah that's just disguised as a jason film (sighs) legally speaking it's not disguised as a friday the 13th film either yeah uh and i I mean i think that's kind of again like i said the issue is a we don't get to see jason but there's also like a bunch of lore stuff that is dumped on you in this movie i mean the whole like magic background is kind of confusing yeah they just dump a lot of stuff on you that doesn't seem consistent like i think you said it I don't know if this film takes place in the same universe as the rest of the films. I don't think it does. I mean... I don't think it does either. The Friday the 13th timeline has always been kind of loosey-goosey. I mean, even from the beginning. I mean, we're far enough in the series now, I feel confident enough to say that, obviously, Jason's straight up dead in the first movie. Yeah. Like, he's just not around. Because for that movie to work, he just... Has to be dead. Has to be dead. And the second movie immediately disregards that. Yeah. So the, the timeline's always been kind of loose. But this one is just so removed, removed from that timeline. Yeah, it's just not not the same. Yeah. While we're on the topic of Jason and everything, I don't like the way he looks in this movie. Oh, my God. He looks so... I it, He doesn't look bad, and I don't want to like say he looks bad because... No, yeah. The practical effects in this film throughout it are all great, mm-hmm. and that includes the Jason effects. Yeah. In fact, they are very, very detailed yeah, and gross-looking. Yeah, they're really looking. cool. But the the thing is that, is that Jason has always kind of been overall just intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you need to do with his appearance. And, you know, he has the 
there's no good way to say this. He has the messed up face, mm-hmm. but that's always hidden behind a the mask. mask. Yeah. So that it doesn't take away from his intimidation factor in any way. Mm-hmm. But in this one, the mask doesn't hide everything. Yeah. And in fact, I the disfiguration he has is super blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. It It kind of looks like they took Swamp Boy Jason from the first movie and kind of exploded that outwards. Yeah, a little bit. A lot more, which I, I do like that idea, but it ends up just kind of looking goofy. Like, his head is super... Bulbous um, and, like, lumpy. Yeah, but it also seems to, like, be fused with his mask in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, I really don't like that. I think it looks kind of ridiculous. But the worst one, he has long, wispy hair. He has hair, which is something that is... N- he's always never had hair. And it... I think the hair's the worst part. Like, I, I can get over, like, some of the weird things where, like, it looks like his mask is fused to his face. Yeah. But the hair kind of just makes it look, I want to say, Muppet-esque. Yeah, he, I just, I don't like the creative choices they made with his makeup and stuff. But it's great. His design. That this is the design they choose in the film where we don't get to see Jason. So, fair. That's totally out. fair. But it, it did, it was very visually impressive. I just didn't like it. No, same. Like, it's well done and well made. I just don't prefer that version of him yeah i think my favorite is probably what seven i was gonna say seven for me too the second seven time he's a so zombie fucking good so good With he the looks bones so good coming out seven. of his back like that's not my favorite friday 30 film but that's my favorite jason has looked yeah he just looks so awesome it's so cool while we're on it yeah, I who gotta, do you think the Jason actor is? Well, consider I got maybe <laughs> ten minutes of fucking screen time. No, you got less than that. Maybe, maybe five. Would they hire Kane Hodder and give him less than <laughs> ten minutes of screen time? I don't know. Would they? Or is it just some random guy? <laughs> some random guy? Because they shoved him in a shit ton of makeup. Whoever yeah, it was. it's a lot. Um, oh god, because it was Kane Hodder in what? Seven and six. In six, six, seven. He's He's Jason in ten. No, was he in six? I was don't think he six? was in six. I don't remember. I think no, I th- he it was the first one he was he in. He was, was six. just in seven and eight. Are you sure? Yeah, Jason lives, which is six, was do 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 CJ Graham. Oh yeah, okay. So seven, eight. And then would they skip nine and bring him back for ten? They definitely would. They would, wouldn't they? That's but it's preposterous Especially to do he such just a thing. Isn't in this movie. It's true, and Kane Hodder's probably an expensive man. You can just get anyone. No, that seems dumb. That's too dumb. It's not that dumb. There's, uh, no, they wouldn't skip it. They wouldn't skip it. He's in seven, eight, nine, and ten. He's in this one. Am I Are right? You sure, he's in ten. <laughs> he's definitely in ten. That's the only one that I know for sure. He is in this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 You know how you know Kane Hodder's in this movie? How? He, he does play Jason, but do you know how you know he's in this movie? How? Just in general? No. Um, because he plays a different character in this movie. Bob just doesn't know what Kane Hodder looks like, apparently, because he didn't recognize him. Who was he? Uh, he's one of the FBI agents at the, the coroner's office. <laughs> the one with the mullet. Oh, that was... <laughs> Kane Hodder. Okay, that makes sense. That's why he insults Jason and he calls him a bitch. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. fucking awesome. I just know what he looks like from uh, Hatchet, seeing him as uh, Thomas that's Crowley. That's but he's... Much, much older in that film. Yeah, he's much older, yeah, so I didn't recognize uh, in him. In fact, he's, what, like 10 years older? No, like 20. Yeah, he's old At the very least. Anyways, do you have any more points you want to talk about? I, I have some things I want to bring up. Yeah, so we talked about how in 5, there are tons of, like, 
5 has a lot of really ridiculous characters who are just kind of absurd and not well written but like really over the top and ridiculous. Yes, because the director was like, "Hey guys, do whatever you want." Well, no, it was more like, "I don't care what you do." <laughs> yeah. This film has a lot of that sim- a lot of similar characters like that. There are tons of ridiculous over the top characters such as Pookie, who we haven't mentioned, who I enjoy. I like Pookie. I think he's funny. And a couple of other people Except this time, they were given direction in a script. That's so they're, like, actually funny and interesting. Like, Randy? I like Randy. And I the real reason for that is because these characters were actually written. Yeah. And not just improved. Mm-hmm. So they feel a lot more, I don't know, like, a part of the movie. Yeah, they feel a lot more, not grounded, because they're really just ridiculous, some of them. But, like, they feel ingrained into the world in a certain way that... Th- that five lacked, which I think is really great because it's like a highlight of the film. It really makes the film not be so boring because like Jesus Christ, anytime there's not like fake Jason murdering somebody or real Jason murdering somebody, this film fucking drags. So most of the movie, most of the movie. But when you get to see some of these funny, interesting characters, it really helps make it not be as horrible. Yeah, but I, I, I still don't think it's worth it. It's, it was a highlight for me. Yeah, but it they're barely on screen. It's true. There could be more of them. In fact, I think the most goofiness we get is between Steven, who is like the de facto main character. Ugh. <laughs> Bob didn't like Steven. Steven's fine. He had some weird characterization because he starts off as like the super wimpy kind of nerdy dude. Yeah. And then by the end, he's the hyper-competent action hero. And he's like doing some just absolutely ridiculous action hero stunts. But he, he has a friend, Randy, who basically the deputy, and they just tussle a lot, and it's very funny. Like, I think my favorite line in this film, it's also probably the worst line in this whole film, is Randy's just like, Steven, get in the car. And, you know, Steven's like, no. Randy's like, I've got a gun. (laughs) Steven's like, fuck this, I've got a gun. Very funny. Anyways. I mean, there's some goofiness in the characterization and stuff, but it it really isn't enough to carry the script in the same way I think five's goofiness is. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. Or six. It's just uh, toned down in a more realistic way. Yeah. I'm just trying to give this movie some something, man. Because, like... Don't force yourself, bud. I'm not forcing it. I'm just trying to be, uh, like, honest. You know what I mean? I guess. And that was that was a part of the movie that I actually enjoyed. I know that's that's completely fair. Oh, we haven't even talked about you know. Uh, oh my God, what is his name? Why is my brain blanking? What is his name? The guy with the hat. Oh, Duke. Yep, there it is. What was this? What's it? What? Creighton Duke. C- Duke Creighton. No. Was it Creighton Duke? It's Creighton Duke. That's that's why I said Creighton Duke. Okay, we should talk about him because he's like around. Yeah. So look, there's a couple important characters in this movie. Theoretically, one of them's Jessica, which is the sister of Jason, who's Diana. No, so her her mom was the sister of Jason. So that's no. I think the sister of Jason's Diana, and then no, her mom is Jason's sister. That's her daughter, and then that's what you know what I mean. Are you sure? Yes, yes, because it's it's a whole thing. I was because I thought I thought that too, but it's explained that Diana's mom is Jason's sister, and then Jessica's her daughter. Nope, Diana Voorhees' sister. Are you sure? Yep, because it it said in the movie. 
And also, I just Googled it. Okay, never mind. I thought I Yeah, missed... fucking stupid. Okay. Don't you disrespect me in my house ever again. So anyways, Diana's the, ha- what, the sister of Jason. And then she- her daughter is supposed to be the main heroine, Jessica. Yeah. Um, so she's allegedly one of the main characters. The other one's Steven, who is basically the main character of the whole film. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of him. And essentially the, the foil for Jason. And then there's our Ahab of the film, Creighton Duke, mm-hmm. who's just this random bounty hunter in the movie. Yeah. Whose only purpose is the exposition dump. Yeah. And, like, hunt Jason. He doesn't really even do that. He doesn't even really do that. He just exposition dumps. Yeah, because he has, like, a bunch of knowledge about Jason. And steals a baby. And steals a baby. I wanted to bring up Creighton Duke mostly because we talked about this during the film, and I expressed this. I don't like him as, like, our Jason bounty hunter in this film because he doesn't have, in the ways that Tommy Jarvis did, any personal ties to Jason whatsoever other than... In this film, they set up Jason to just be, like, a mass murderer that's been, like, stalking Crystal Lake for, I think they said, 83 confirmed murders. Yeah. And Creighton Duke's whole motivation is, oh, he's murdering people. I I catch murderers for a living. I'm going to go do that. I wish that there was some sort of personal tieback like Tommy Jarvis had to Jason in any way. Like, I find Creighton Duke's motivation to be so uninteresting. And you mentioned this. You said that you knew, actually, that... They planned on shooting or, like, did shoot something to kind of tie him back into that. Can you tell me what that is now? Yeah, so there is some backstory of, like, why Creighton Duke is so obsessed with killing Jason. First of all, it is hinted at in the film. I think you just completely missed it. Probably. Because Creighton Duke even references, like, I'm going to kill you, fucker. Yeah. You and me again. They they Basically, they've met up, and they've mentioned it in the film. It's just very brief. Ah, okay. Uh, which is why you kind of missed it. But... The backstory, as far as I'm aware, and I'm I'm not sure like if it was ever shot or anything. I, I think the directors just talked about it. But basically, my understanding is that when Creighton Duke was younger, he was at Crystal Lake with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she got murderized. Ah, okay. And he survived. Okay. And so, like, he swore vengeance, and so he's, he's basically spent the rest of his life since he was a teen, and he's like... An older man. He's like probably 40s or 50s. Yeah. Basically prepping to kill Jason. Like learning as much as he can, gathering resources. Like part of why he became a bounty hunter was so he could like not only train, but pay for everything. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. I wish they'd included that. It would have made me like that character a lot more than I did. Yeah. I mean, he's not supposed to be the foil for Jason. He's just the expedition dump character. But having some form of better tie-in kind of would have made it better. Yeah, I mean... Because it's implied just very loosely, and unless you're willing to make those jumps for it, it feels like a weak character Yeah, to be there. He's super cool, though. He's cool. I just don't... But I think that's more on the actor than it is on how the character is in the movie. Yeah, I, who plays him in this film? Do you remember off the top of your head? I mean, not off the top of my head, but I have my notes, so I can just tell you. Uh, it's uh, Stephen Williams. Real good job. Yeah. He's suave as hell in this film. He's great. I mean, one of the no, uh, the nominations we talked about was for Fangoria for Best Actor. To yeah. Him. No, he did it. I, I mean, honestly, he probably gives the best performance in the movie. Yeah. He's like, when he's on screen, it's interesting. 
Okay. Do you have anything else, or can I bring up my points now? Uh, we can hear your points. Okay. Well, pretty straightforward. I think the first one I men- want to mention is regarding the director. Mm-hmm. First of all, first-time director, and I think for like a first-time director for a film, he didn't do a bad job. No. I think I, I would have preferred someone a lot more experienced. But the one thing I can say about him as a director is just watching the film, you can tell he has a lot of passion yeah. for horror and for the project. There are references to oh, stuff. There's all kinds of references. Scattered everywhere. Sprinkled throughout. As long as well as just like just kind of fun jokes and just like meta tech stuff. I mean, there's one scene where people are having just the most egregious sex scene ever. <laughs> it is fucking ridiculous. But very specifically, we see Jason step on the condom to show that they're not using it yeah. and then they get murdered mm-hmm. to basically imply that unsafe sex is the real killer yeah long story short i i can applaud him for being just like really into it and everything but i don't like all the supernatural stuff in this film no oh my god thank god you brought this up i didn't know we were gonna get here you know it's just it's just not great and i i think it kind of muddies the waters for what's happening in this film yeah and distracts from Really, what the franchise needs to be, which is just big dude killing people. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know about you, I don't I don't think we really care at this point. No man, the logistics of how Jason is alive. No, he's been brought back twice now. Yeah, like both in the same way, and I was like, you know what? Fine. I I just like if I cared anymore, <laughs> I wouldn't be watching these films. Fair. But I, I do think it is important to mention, like, what the director's hopes were for adding these supernatural elements. Okay. So, basically, he wanted to add supernatural elements regarding uh, Jason Voorhees and, like, a mythology surrounding the character to fix, like, some of the intrinsic issues he saw throughout the series with some of the timeline issues. Because, mm-hmm. like, how the fuck does this character just magically get resurrected? <laughs> and so I think, in his mind, by making the character, like, maybe inherently magical, that would make that make more sense. Which I, I, I do think is... It is a solution. A valid argument. However, I do think it, it just kind of ended up muddling the waters a yeah. little bit too much. No, that's fair. Especially because, like, look, this is not a series that needs to make sense. I mean... No. What? Jason is basically a... A dead swamp boy that grew up into a giant hulking man only to be killed and then brought back as a zombie man? Yeah. This series doesn't even make sense. Why not? I'm glad you tried. Yeah. Good on you for trying. Good on you for trying. But, like, if you had done this much earlier in the series, I could buy it. At this point, I don't fucking care. Exactly. Especially the real issue is not that you tried. It's that it just... Made everything more confusing. Introducing this whole sister character. Yeah. And this whole, you can only kill Jason. If you're a family member. Yeah. But it seems to be very specifically a female member of the family. I don't think so. Well, you have to be a female member of the family to let Jason come back through you. Yeah, but that's because it's rebirth. I don't know. I don't know. The fact that we don't know is the issue, too. Well, also, the issue is, like, it, and I I get it, because you have to introduce new stuff to solve these problems. But none of this is established in any of the other films. Like, J- Jason doesn't have any family in yeah. 1 through 8. Like, in there's fact, no... 
very distinctly he doesn't have any family, and that's maybe part of why he's ramping. <laughs> maybe part of why he's pissed off. So it's just like throwing all this in nine movies in just kind of feels out of left field to try and solve problems that at this point in the series don't need to be solved because who cares? It's too late. Yeah, it like we've already gone off the deep end, man. Now, what I will say, and it, it's one of those things I kind of like just because it's super nerdy, like horror fanatic stuff. But did you figure out why Jason is just straight up a magic demon thing in this movie? I know you saw it. Well, we talked about it. I'll no. give you a hint. It was rectangular shaped. Oh, the Necronomicon. Yeah, the Necronomicon's in this movie. Yeah. And very specifically, it's not the Lovecraftian Necronomicon. It's the Necronomicon from Ex Mortis, the Evil Dead Necronomicon. Yeah. Very specifically. And again, it's it's one of those things that isn't mentioned explicitly and it's not necessarily explored in this film. It's no. just like basically a cameo because mm -hmm. New Line Cinema did own Evil Dead. And so this was m one of those things where the director put it in as a reference. But he is like, I think, kind of on record said what his intention was. Mm. So I I'll share that with you. Kind of like the Creighton Duke thing. Cool. But my understanding of it is basically when Pamela, I think, was pregnant with Jason, she used the Necronomicon. And oh, it no. made Jason... You don't know. There's deadites. That's what the, the mm -hmm. demon things are called in uh, Evil Dead. I know you haven't seen that. So I'll try not to spoil too much about that movie. But she basically made Jason a deadite thing. Oh, God. So uh, that's why he's magic in this movie? Mm. Okay. And also that's where all the magic comes from. How he survived at the end of one somehow. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe. Doesn't really. but Doesn't really track. I just think it's kind of timeline. funny. He might be a deadite. No, that is cool. And I... Like I said, I can appreciate stuff like that. It also uh, maybe explains the magic dagger, which oh my makes God. no sense. Basically, at one point in this film, Creighton Duke throws a regular dagger that he's had the whole movie to Jessica. Yeah. And it transforms into this ornate dagger. Yeah. And the real question here is whether it was a magical dagger that Creighton Duke had. That Creighton Duke had. And when it's handed to a Voorhees, transforms into a magical dagger. Or if just for whatever reason, whenever Jessica touches a knife, it, it transforms, transforms into that. <laughs> like she's fucking Sailor Moon or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But to me, if we pull on that Deadite mythology, it's the Kendarian dagger. It has to be because you have to kill Jason with it. Oh, well, I don't know. Bob doesn't know what that is. That's <laughs> I don't know. We'll watch Evil Dead eventually. We'll get there. All right. So uh, that's kind of like the first thing I wanted to talk about because I think it was worth a discussion no that's really cool and i appreciate that stuff i just it's too late in the series yeah no i i definitely agree next thing i think we should mention is stephen freeman who's basically the main character of this film and as we've said has some weird characterization issues because he starts off super nerdy and then becomes like this super badass yeah and i don't know about you but i kind of didn't care no me either a he it's just a a character in this film. He's just there. But also, he isn't Tommy Jarvis. And the nope. only guy I care about beating the shit out of Jason is Tommy Jarvis. Is Tommy Jarvis. Or Creighton Duke. Fair. But Tommy Jarvis specifically, because he has that build up yeah. where I'm willing to believe that, oh, this dude's able yeah. to kick the shit out of Jason. Because Jason is so OP and scary. And you're telling me 
this little twink-ass bitch is fist-fighting him and surviving somehow? Yeah. And the reason, I think, for this questionable characterization is because, very obviously, if you couldn't pick up on this, Bob, Stephen Freeman was just supposed to be Tommy Jarvis. Nah. And, like, in very early drafts of the script, but New Line didn't have access to Tommy Jarvis, Mm, so the character was just kind of made into his own thing. And so I think what ended up happening is some of the scenes, especially early on, are written more for, like, this new character in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. But later scenes in the movie where things are starting to be a little bit more action heavy and you have to have the character behave more actiony. Yeah. Steven's characterization veered more towards Tommy Jarvis than it did his own thing. No, that makes sense. So I, I just wanted to mention that because I think it kind of explains away a lot of issues there. It does. Doesn't make them better, but it helps. No, it doesn't. You know what? I just I just had this realization. There's a moment in this film and I just it's like a it it's a flip. Where Steven becomes goes from being some fucking dweeb to a badass. It's as soon as the man loses his glasses, almost Superman style versus Clark Kent. Oh yeah. And then he instantly becomes just so ridiculously action hero. Oh. Yeah. When the flip happens for Steven, he becomes straight up batshit insane. Like like as strong as Jason insane. He tackles him at some point and starts beating the shit out of him. I think the most egregious scene though is when he He's handcuffed, yep. and his hands are behind his back. He jumps vertically in the air, has his arm, like his handcuffs arms go under his feet, and then grabs a, a gun, gun and starts shooting not Jason yeah. repeatedly. A lot. Perfect accuracy. It's incredulous. Still handcuffed. Still handcuffed. I just, I, I just want like anyone else to have done that. <laughs> it would have been so much. Crate, if Crate Duke had done that, base. Fair, because Crate and Duke. Should be able to do should that. Should be able to do that. But he's, he's just not really in the movie. No. I will say, I do like Steven better than Jessica, Ugh. who, because of the whole magic-related plot, just has to be there at the end. Yeah, she's just kind of around. kill Jason, and it doesn't feel earned. No, it, because, like... Because I, I don't care. She doesn't When matter. does she show up in the film? Tell me when she shows up. Steven matters, but Jessica shows up, like, 40 minutes into 45 the 45 minutes in the movie? It's like, why weren't you here from the beginning? Why weren't you the main character? She gets called on the phone for a little bit, but she doesn't matter, really. No. She's only there to facilitate the magic. Because she has to be. It's stupid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we uh, talk about the very ending about of this film, I think, is very specifically the reason for why we don't have Jason in this movie. Oh, there's an actual reason. There is an actual reason. I'm not sure how good of a reason it is. <laughs> But it's an actual reason. Okay. And I, w- I just want to start off by saying there's some debate over whose idea it was. But basically, the idea was to kind of do something different, which, again, respect for that. I don't like it, but doing something different in a nine-movie franchise is very brave. It's brave and also can, all, can be good if it yeah. works. It didn't work. It didn't work. But basically, lots of evidence points to director adam marcus deciding to do the possession thing instead of the the strictly jason Voorhees thing but apparently he claims that he was told by sean s cunningham to get rid of the jason mask for this movie so cunningham denies that obviously but there is some debate there of like whose idea it was to get rid of jason i mean i think it makes sense for cunningham to say that because i'll be real Cunningham got rid of Jason. 
in the first film. Fair like, enough. Cunningham didn't even have Jason. Exactly. That was mostly Tom Savini. So, like... I don't know. I'm just saying. It was someone's idea to get rid of Jason in the mask and do something different. See, I would have been much more okay if it, if Jason possessing these people and they just turned into Jason. Would have been much more okay with that. Okay. On that note, I think we need to mention the end really quick. Okay. And then we can maybe get into recommendations. Yeah. If you have any. Um, <laughs> but very specifically, I do want to say that Jason does go to hell at the yeah. end of this film. He gets murdered. Mm-hmm. And why this is important is it is the setup for a potential Freddy versus Jason in the future. Jason gets pulled into hell, and the only thing left on the surface, because he literally gets pulled into the ground by a bunch of Muppet hands, Yeah, is his hockey mask. And the film kind of like zooms in on it. There's some music playing, and then we see a finger knife hand grab it. Yep. And drag it underground. Mm-hmm. Signifying that Freddy now exists in this universe. He's around. And he is around. It's kind of cool. Wasn't expecting it. Kind of half expected, like, Jason to just come back up out of the ground and be fine. That's fair. Because, you know, they've done that a couple times. <laughs> At least this is a better place to end it for a potential crossover. Yeah. Than the last movie. Mm-hmm. No, totally. So, you know, whatever, whatever you might think about this movie... At least it left us in a good place for, for a potential crossover. It kind of did that goal it set out to do. Yeah. All right. I think that's all I really want to say about this movie. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else of great importance I want to talk about. I mean, yeah. Th- overall, the film was kind of one of those meh things where it was hard to talk about. Cause yeah. It's just so there's a blaring issue, which is the lack of Jason, and then everything else is... Trying to save that fact, and it's trying to save that fact and failing. Yeah. So on that note, I guess do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I do actually. Genuinely, this is the most action movie bullshit of all the Friday Thirteenth films. There's so much egregious slow mo and gunfire and explosions and just like ridiculous stunts. So if you want like a horror action movie and you really don't care about Friday Thirteenth that much. Just jump into this one. Just watch it. Honestly, this has no bearing on any other film in the franchise because it's so disconnected timeline-wise. You could just watch this by itself. Yeah, I, I'd say if you didn't care about the Friday the 13th IP yeah, and you knew like very little about it, you'd probably enjoy this film more. Yeah, because honestly, that's a big drawback is that I'm comparing it to the other films and like basing my enjoyment off of how... Well, it meshes with them. Well, not even that. It's the fact that you want to see Jason, and his lack thereof dampens the enjoyment of the rest of the film. Yeah. So if you don't have that issue, mm-hmm. I mean, some of this stuff is decent enough to ha- give you a good time. Yeah. Uh, keeping going. Uh, if you like gore, blood, and guts, practicals, this movie has it aplenty, and it's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, they they were able to keep a lot of stuff in this film. Mm-hmm. Those are That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, then I'll cover the ones Bob missed. Straight off the bat, if you want a Friday film, I mean, technically a Jason film, but if you want a Friday film, this is one of them. It's the ninth one, so if you're going through the list, you got to watch this one. It's also good watching for, like, a pre-Freddy versus Jason stuff. You kind of need a background. But more importantly, I'll say, if you want to watch the first of the new line, Friday films, this is it. It's a rough start, but it is a start. It's not nearly as bad as I was expecting. No. Yeah, that's true. If you want to watch a Friday film that does something different, that's what this does. I mm-hmm. mean, 
don't have to like it, but it is different and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't say I was bored. No. Well, I was at parts, but I wasn't bored because I've seen this before. Yeah, I wasn't bored because it's Jason slashing campers over and over again, yeah. like I was in <laughs> five <laughs> or three. Next up, if you want to see some like cool practical effects and body horror stuff, this film's got it. I mean, yeah, the body hopping in of itself is pretty horrific because mm-hmm. the the reason Jason has to do it is because each body he possesses that isn't like a Voorhees body just kind of falls apart slowly. Yep. And it's gross. It's gross. But I think more than that, you kind of want to see a horror film that is kind of appreciative of the genre. Maybe not necessarily the source material completely, but at least of like the horror genre at large. I think this is a pretty good one, you know? It, yeah. It throughout references stuff in the genre, and you, you can tell that the director is really passionate about that stuff. And I, I think that's kind of a fun thing if you if you like horror movies. All right. On that note, give it a rating, Bob. All right. Look, I did just say I don't I didn't hate it as much as I expected to going in. That's fair. Because it Ben mentioned it, but there's so much body horror stuff that I wasn't expecting, so I thought that stuff was kind of cool. I don't like body horror, like personally. No, but it's kind of cool because we not really seen it. haven't seen it in a Friday film. Yeah, which was, that was what was interesting was getting to see it. But the lack of Jason, <laughs> fucking ugh, ugh. What did we see? Give the last film, by the way. I don't remember. remember. Oh, okay. I genuine. I might have given it like a a two. It was low because. That movie was highly disappointing, <laughs> just yeah. purely based on the name. This movie, The Kills, oh my god, they're so much better. They're so much better than in, in 8. 8 had some god-awful kills, and none of them were interesting or fun. They were all ridiculous. The premise of 8 was stupid. This movie is, I would say, an upgrade from 8. I like it more than 8. I had more of a fun time than I did with 8. The problem is, the lack of Jason... I appreciate them going for a new idea and trying to solve some of the problems that this series has, but you're doing it in the ninth <laughs> installment. It didn't work, and it caused more problems. But yeah. you tried. But good good on you for trying. Um, there's some weird editing stuff that I just could not get over. Is it the slow-mo? The slow-mo, some weird cut stuff. Not fun. <laughs> Mate. Also, we didn't mention this during the movie. It's so fucking hard to see sometimes. It's so god-awful dark. There's some lighting issues, but then the saturation's pretty dark. Yeah. So overall, the film just has some problems, but it has a couple of highlights. Like I mentioned, the ridiculous characters, some of them are pretty memorable and pretty fun. Yeah, the two diner owners are great. Yeah, they're great. Pookie and I don't remember the other one. That's not his name. That's just what she calls him. That is what she calls him, but that's what I call him. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, Randy. And then all the gore practical stuff is really fun. Two and a half, because I don't think it succeeds at the premise, but I'll give it the extra half point from a two because of all the all the practical stuff in the characters okay all right well for me i i think the filming the film does have some saving graces i do like the the gore and practical stuff i think it's all really well done i mean we even talked about the fact that while i don't like the way jason looks in this film i can respect how well done it is Mm -hmm. i think some of the characters are really nice i don't think the dialogue's always really great but it's funny but it can be funny and I can tell some of the actors are giving it all in some of their goofier scenes, which is always great to see and is entertaining. And, well, I don't like the introduction of all this magic stuff, and I do think some of the plot points are not necessarily completely explained in a way that makes them seem fulfilling, like the Creighton Duke stuff mm-hmm. or the <laughs> Necronomicon stuff for 
again, obvious reasons. I, I can respect the reasoning behind it and, you know, the script and the director for trying. But at the end of the day, I think this film does have a really, really big problem. A, the script is, generally speaking, not the most well-written and concise. And so the whole thing kind of feels slow and meandering, like overall. Too much information, not enough stuff uh, happens. But more importantly than that, the biggest flaw with this movie is the lack of Jason. And I know Jason as, like, an entity is in this film, but not Jason as, like, an identifiable character. And it's one of those things where, like, this hadn't been a Friday film, or I guess in this case, a Jason film. That would have been acceptable, but this is the ninth film in a franchise, and we've come to expect, you know, this giant hockey mask-wearing dude to be in this film Mm -hmm. and to kill people. And so to not have that, especially in a film that has his name slapped on the title, it's literally the first word is really, really, really disappointing. And so I think I'm going to have to give it a two. Fair enough. Because, like, straight up, I'm not going to give it lower than a two because of all those good points I mentioned. I, I generally speaking, don't like this film. I, I can see its positive points, but I just, I really don't like it. But I think those positive points do do get the score up there and keep it above a one and get it into the two three range. But I, I do have to take off like a point for the lack of Jason. Really, that's I think what's keeping it from getting a two and a half or a three or potentially higher is just straight up because like you can't have a film called Jason Goes to Hell and just have Jason in it for less than definitely less than ten minutes, but maybe less than five. It's just, you can't do that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. All right, on that note, I guess we're going to go to the outtake, so we'll see you in a bit. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Jason Goes to Hell so far. I don't like this film, but it's bloody disgusting and fun. But if you do not want any major spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to 1 hour, 1 minute, and 38 seconds immediately. This first clip is Ben and I's reaction to them killing Jason at the beginning of this film. I'm gonna kill myself. (laughs) What is going on right now? They laid a trap. That, but that's not... It's a trap! Is that Jason? Yeah. And this is the FBI. Also, these gun sound effects are awful. Yeah. I, I thought and you the could, Jason complained about that. Holy shit! They just hit Jason with a fucking cruise missile! This next clip is me predicting the stupid-ass plot of this film before it even happens. It's gonna do some, like, dumb, like, Oh, Jason's sister, he's here to kill her. Or some bullshit like fucking Halloween. I'm gonna be mad about it. This next clip is my realization that Jason's actually dead for the rest of this film. Wait, is he like this the whole movie? (laughs) Did you not realize that? I thought you realized that. I fucking hate these films! I thought you'd realize that and we're fine with it, and I was like, what is wrong with you? No! (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm glad you were just stupid. (laughs) Fuck these... I'm done. We're not watching 10, 11, or 12. (sighs) I'm glad you were just stupid, because I thought you were pro that decision. No! No! 
why you, would I be pro that you, decision? You said something like, I'm kind of liking this earlier. And I was like, oh, my God. I might have to stop doing this podcast with Bob. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he doesn't even, like, have, like, a... Uh... <laughs> no, he's just a dude. This next clip is our reaction to one of the first kills in this film. All right, Bob. You know what they say. Beware the dangers of unprotected sex. That was fucking awesome. Okay. Okay. You know what? Give me more of that. Yeah, it's just not Jason, though. That was an awesome kill, though. No, yeah. It was a cool kill. <laughs> Why are you so disappointed? Because it's not Jason. That might be one of the most awesome things in a Friday the 13th movie. That's not true. Just the most awesome thing you've seen. This next clip is our reaction to the little Evil Dead Easter egg hidden within the film. Which is, like, cool because... Which I guess it makes sense because, like, Jason killed a fuckload of people and is, like, a menace. Is that the fucking Necronomicon? <laughs> Why does he... Does Jason just have that? Well, for legal reasons, we can't say it's the Necronomicon because New Line didn't own that. But... It's the Necronomicon! You know, a little, little bit of wink-wink... This next clip is our reaction to watching one of Jason's previous hosts melt. Oh, just pu- Oh. <laughs> oh! Oh my god! Yeah, I wasn't wrong when I just said that. Th why? D why is this necessary? That's fucking f- It's cool, though. It's really cool, though. But I don't like it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. <laughs> you sound so much more excited now that we're ending this. <laughs> this movie was not good. I did not like this film. <sighs> Do we have any announcements, Ben? Well, this came out today. Part 10. Bob just got really excited. Comes out, when are we doing these? Wednesdays? Yeah. So uh, look forward to Jason X on Wednesday. Man, that might be the most excited I've been for a film in a while. Fair enough. I mean, I think the last three films are probably going to be a pretty good time for you because Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason, yeah, then the remake. Mm -hmm. So, And two of those I've seen. Two of those you've seen. <laughs> not in a long time. The last two. Yeah. Not Jason X. I haven't seen Jason X. That's why it's exciting. Not that you remember either of those. Uh, a little bit. I've had you describe what you remember <laughs> from those films. and I know someone gets their dick. Never mind. <sighs> you remembered very little. In fact, you made up certain scenes in your mind, and I was like, that did not happen. Aside from that, you know, normal Friday episodes. So otherwise, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. We're also on YouTube, which is kind of nice because you can show us some support there. You know, with your likes, your subscriptions. Heck, you can even yell at us in the comment section. That's kind of cool because it's one of the two places you can communicate with us at. The other ones, at Beware the Board. That's, uh, that's the Twitter. You can go yell at Bob there. Don't yell at me. Tell him your secret backstory about how you're a never-before-heard-of sibling of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> it's, oh, my God. That made me so upset. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it's on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the movie before we do. 
So whenever you listen to the episodes, you don't get any spoilers. And whenever we're being really vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Friday or whatever the episode goes up, I post a link to the episode with maybe an associated meme if there was something funny enough for Ben to make a meme about. So if you ever missed upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, check us out on TikTok, Appleware the Board, and on YouTube Shorts. If you're into short-form content and you like the show, I take old clips from old episodes and put them up there in short little bite-sized pieces for you to enjoy. I go through and I scrub old footage for new content. So if you're into that kind of thing, check us out, Appleware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it, Ben. All right. Well, see you guys next time. See you next time.